And uh, welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This week, episode 78, the beginning of the book of Leviticus, the book known as Vayikra in Hebrew, the third of the five books of Moses. This is episode season two, episode 24. Our topic this week, behavior change. This is one of those topics where I definitely need the pros, definitely need the neurobiologists, the neuropsychologists, psychologists, the cognitive behavior therapists, the people who really live and breathe inside this space all the time. And so we're going to take a very sort of rudimentary, low-level approach to this idea of behavior change. But it comes our way this week when we start to think about Offerings and sacrifices. I know it's sort of a weird place to sort of begin. And I know that, as I mentioned last year when we started this book of the Bible, that I actually love the third book of the five books of Moses for having taught it a number of years, the challenge of it, really getting to it. And so I want to sort of start this week from a different perspective and a different approach than the normal way in which we do it with the following statement and see whether or not you agree with it or you disagree with it. Mood follows action. I've heard that term a number of times over the last few weeks. I couldn't figure out why specifically, but it did come up in the course of starting to listen to a very interesting uh, podcast and starting to read uh, some of the writings of a gentleman by the name of Rich Roll, uh, who is an ultra athlete, an ultra marathoner, an ultra runner, an endurance athlete, fascinating individual. He's a quite popular podcast and book called Finding Ultra. His story is really, really interesting. And anyway, in the course of his appearances and interviews and his own writings and his own talks on a lot of subjects, he talks about the term, this quote, mood follows action. Where he heard it first was in... uh, alcohol recovery, where he was an addict and he was in an AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, his sponsor, and he were talking. And in the course of that conversation, he was complaining about a bunch of things. And his sponsor said to him, mood follows action. I'm going to guess that most of us think the exact opposite is true, that actions follow our moods. How we're feeling on a certain day and how we're thinking on a certain day will impact or change our actions. And the statement here was the exact opposite. That in reality, in reality, that mood, feeling, thought, actually changes by virtue of the behavior change or the action that a person takes. And you're able to sharpen your mindset, not just through thoughts, but you're more likely to actually sharpen your mindset through behavior. And so recently, this gentleman, Rich Roll, on his podcast hosted a neurobiologist named Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is a professor at Stanford University and the founder of his own podcast, which is based on his own lab work called the Huberman Lab. And they had this very long conversation about behavior change by virtue of changing the brain. You can geek out and get deep into the science on it with them and Dr. Huberman on his own podcast, which is really what he's doing in each one. Most of the time, he's not having a guest. He's simply just talking at the camera. I don't talk to a camera. I talk to a microphone. I'm not sure which is more weird. 
But either way, and he lectures basically on a lot of these signs, he's super popular. Anyway, super interesting guy. And so this is sort of a, a thing that they were talking about, which is mood follows action. And having thought about it and heard about it and listened to him talk about it and think about it more, I remembered, and, and this is how we got to this week's uh, Torah reading, this reading, this week's reading in the Bible, the concept of offerings and sacrifices, and specifically the approach in explaining why it is that we have offerings, or why it is that we are required to bring animals or flower or birds as offerings in the temple. And I came across, of course, the very famous explanation of Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, known as Ramban. And in his work, in his writings, at the beginning of the book of Leviticus, in chapter 1, I believe it's verse 9, I think it's verse 9, verse 9 or 10. Yeah, verse 9. He explains the idea very simply, is that the actions that a person takes is a combination of thought, word, and deed. Thought, word, and deed. The things that we think about, the things that we speak about, and the things that we do. And so the action of bringing the sacrifice, the offering to the temple, to the priest, offering it on the altar, having it burnt upon the altar, having the blood sprinkled at the base of the altar, is to, in some cases, it's coming as some sort of atonement. But in general, in general, the concept here is the experience, the behavior, the action taking, a bringing of that animal or that offering is to change and impact the person through the experience. And that does not happen by and for itself when a person just thinks about it. You might think about it and then lead to some sort of an action change, but overall, overall, the reality of it is, is that it happens the other way. And this led me to think about one of the basic concepts in a book called the Sefer HaChinuch, this book goes through all of the 613 commandments and explains the details of those commandments and in many cases also attempts to explain the reasons, the why, quote-unquote, behind each and every one of them. And in commandment number 16, which is a commandment not to break bones in the Paschal lamb that was brought, that it was to be brought every year on the holiday of Passover, the author of the book, explains why we have so many commandments that revolve around the leaving of Egypt or commemorating the leaving of Egypt, and in fact, in general, why we have so many commandments. And so the author writes the following term in Hebrew, and then I'm happy to explain it in English because it, it's so powerful and fundamental and important, which is this. Achareha pe'ulot nimshachim halivavot. Those of you who speak Hebrew know what I'm speaking of. Those of you who don't, let me explain. Basically, the idea is that actions lead the heart. That the heart, the mood, the emotion follows the action. And here's the example that he brings. If a person is super uber righteous and he wants to think pure and holy and wonderful and meaningful and powerful thoughts, but if his actions are actions of the worst kinds of human beings in the world, 
what's going to win out? His wonderful, beautiful thoughts or his actions? His actions are actually going to bring him down or her down. After a certain point, it's going to pull and pull and pull and pull that person away from all those beautiful thoughts, away from all those beautiful uh, perceptions, uh, away from all those beautiful sensations. The actions, the behaviors will win. Why? So if you go back to Dr. Huberman, where he talks about neuroplasticity, things that are happening in the brain as you're making sort of brain, well, to bring it down to layman's terms, this is sort of the way I understand it, the ability to change your brain comes through your actions. And so now you're creating new pathways in your brain towards the behavior that you're doing, everything sort of follows along. The opposite would be true as well. A person who uh, is by and for themselves not a particularly good person in their minds. So they think terrible things, they say terrible things, their emotions are in a certain way, but they're constantly doing good. They're constantly operating in spaces of good. So the idea here is that it sort of moves in that direction. You can see that happening with people that it first requires some sort of action because the reality of it is, as Dr. Huberman explains, is that for the most part, we would prefer to sit there and think about and ruminate over these things forever and never actually get anywhere. So we'll think about, you know what, I should change that behavior, I should stop eating that, I should exercise more, I should maybe study more, I should spend more time with my spouse, my children, I should focus more at work. And we can think about those things from here to tomorrow. But none of those things are actually going to make it happen. The only thing that's actually going to make it happen is an actual change in the behavior. The actual change in the behavior then leads to everything else. And so when it was the case of a person bringing a sacrifice in the temple, so the action of bringing that to the temple, the experience of going through it, leads to the ultimate behavior change. Now, this is, again, not in the context of where someone, you know, is dealing with more severe neuropsychological issues or neurophysiological issues as well. That is beyond the scope of anything I could possibly talk about in coaching with the Bible. Here, it's simply a person who would like to change their behavior, who would like to be better, who would like to have their life go in the direction and upgrade their life to a better place. And so the reality of it is, instead of thinking that, well, I'll kind of sort of, you know, I'll get my perceptions right and I'll get my feelings around this right and I'll get my thoughts around it right and then the behavior will change. In fact, the exact opposite is true. Change the behavior first Everything else follows. Think about people who are addicted. Is it simply just them thinking about it? When do they actually begin to fight back against the addiction? It's not just in the mind. It's in the actual actions or removal of the actions or changing the actions or new habits. The reality of us as human beings is that the general adrenaline response that we have in all these different situations is not is designed to move us and not to keep us stationary. And so what we have is that the, the behavior, right, when we change the behavior and we act in a certain new different kind of a way, we get that sort of dopamine action in our brain, which is something that we like, and then it opens us up and moves us forward to the next opportunity 
to continue to do in that direction. So the action, the action, the action, the action, yes, there's a habituation, there's a bit of muscle memory around it, but everything else then is also changing as well. So you have to think about it as that the behavior is, as Dr. Huberman calls it, is sort of like the control panel for everything else. And so when the uh, when Ramban talks about it there with respect to the sacrifice in, in the temple, and when the Sefer HaChinuch, that book, writes about it when talking about the idea of not breaking bones in the Paschal Lamb and the idea of uh, so many other commandments is the idea that the heart will follow the action. So then it is that a person in us, we have to sort of think about how it is that we do that. And so more often than not, what we think is that I have to sort of get my space and my head clear and calm, and then I can change the behavior. But perhaps the, the reality might in fact be the exact opposite, right? Maybe it's because we're in that stress moment, we're in that pressure moment, we have a deadline coming, what happens? Boop, the behavior changes. That agitation gets us to change the behavior, and then we see, oh, I can do this, I do it again. Oh, I can do this and I can do it well, I do it again. And then maybe I modify the behavior by not waiting till the last minute, cramming it home, procrastinating till the last moment, and I begin to develop the habit around the changed behavior. And so really, really what happens is that we perhaps in those moments when we are agitated, when we are stressed, when we are pressured, it's not simply that we should stop, it's that we should actually move forward in those moments. That's the hard. The hard here is to take the step forward in those moments. Not simply just to think it or to feel it, but to actually do even the smallest step. We've talked many times in coaching through the Bible, in coaching with the Bible, that the most important step is the first step, the first bite. It's the first page that you write. I heard recently someone talked to someone who had written many, many books, talked about the, the struggle to write the first book. And then after that, it was quote unquote easy. But because so much has to change, for that actually to take place. So much behavior and action and focus has to come into being for that to actually happen. So that's why that takes so much work. That's why beginnings are difficult. We talked about that way at the beginning also at some point, I think last year, the beginning of the book of Exodus. But here in this space, when we're talking about behavior change and behavior change, behavior change, change begins to change when we actually take action. In many of these situations, when we face threat, we have three choices when we're facing a threat in our lives. We can freeze, we can retreat, or we can move forward. It could be that freezing or retreating will actually save us in that moment, but the only one that's actually going to get anything accomplished for us long-term in overcoming that moment is moving forward, is stepping through it. Moving forward that one time allows us and gives us the space to actually move forward in the future. It's just a question then of becoming aware of how do I then move forward? How do I start to make that behavior change? How do I tap into that idea that we've talked a lot about with respect to habit change, the whole James Clear model of atomic habits? How do I move into a space of changing the, 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 the persona of me vis-a-vis -vis other people 
It's through the behavior change. So people think I'm miserly or think I'm an angry human being. It's not me just saying, no, no, I'm not an angry human being. No, no, I'm a very generous person. The only way to become that generous person is to actually become that generous person, is to start with the smallest acts of habituated behavior change and action towards that. So following in the line of the Ramban and the Sefer HaChinuch, and Dr. Andrew Huberman, and the sense that mood follows action, that emotion follows action, that thought will follow action, and that it requires us to begin to take the first behavioral action change and not simply just think about it in our minds. That is Coaching with the Bible for this week. Do look forward to seeing you next week.